Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast. It's a weekly show where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. Hey, you got Brian here. And Jeff's here, finally. And finally. Unfortunately. The moment you've all been waiting for. Ultimately, Jeff's that's what I should have used. Regretfully. Ultimately? As in no one else can show up after me. I am always where it ends. Sadly. I could do this all day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. This is the new topic. Um, deciding how we feel about Jeff's return. Um, no. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw something in the store the other day that said, uh, uh, my favorite child gave me this. It's like one of those signs that you can like buy for your parents. And I was like, that would be hilarious if I bought that for our parents. Not only would it just be true, and would it's they funny because I'm thinking it would be hilarious if I bought it for our parents. <laughs> All right, so the topic this week is uh, one that I came up with, much like most of our topics are things that I come up with, but this one specifically. Uh, no, nah, give was... credit where credit's due. You didn't come up with this. <laughs> Qu- uh, quickly, uh, quickly, I was quickly. with friends. Did, are, are you insinuating that you came up with the concept of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? No. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm saying, che- just checking. Our decisions on what we choose to talk about mostly come from me. Now, Actually, you know what? I am saying I came up with that. Can you prove me wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it and I called Marvel and I said, I got an idea. Let me fucking tell you. So shout out your friends because yeah. yeah, go I ahead, Jeff. Go. I was with friends. I, I have friends that listen to this podcast, unlike my brothers. And uh, they. Wow. <laughs> and I, they. It's not wrong. <laughs> And I was with them over the last week, which is why I missed this podcast. And they said that the topic uh, that we should cover, one of the topics we should cover is um, unpopular opinions. Now, a lot of times we will argue specific things, but we won't get too deep into them. And so we should each basically state what we believe to be our most unpopular opinions and see if our brothers have uh, are willing to attack them or, or force us to defend them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to we each have a list of of opinions that we consider to be unpopular and we're going to rate them and ask them to defend them. Rate them? Wait, is there a scale, a grading scale on this? No, it's just like I might turn around and be like that's not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair cuz some guess. of mine might be debatable about whether they're unpopular or not right. because everybody agrees with me. <laughs> but we're going to do our best here. What? Yeah. Okay. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start <laughs> since this is your topic? Sure. Um, just I, to be clear, this ranges all pop culture. All pop right? culture. Because I got a lot of a variety in here. I, I got like eight of them. So music, uh, books, uh, films, TV shows. Perfect. Um, okay, then I'm going to start. George Bush's invading Iraq joke <laughs> that he just did last week was actually pretty funny. That's a pretty unpopular. I didn't hear it. Right? I didn't hear it Wait, are you kidding me? You guys haven't seen this? No. Okay. I'm just joking. Actually, it's, I mean, it was funny and it was delivered really well, but it's not a good joke. It's really, it's a bad joke. Um, Just go watch it after the podcast and any listener out there, look it up. It was pretty, it's kind of unfortunate just judging by the, basically what he did is he like talked about a madman inviting, invading another country. And then he said like, like invading Iraq, I mean, the Ukraine or something like that, kind of making a joke about how he invaded a country under false pretenses as well, Ouch. you know? 
Yeah, and it was just sort of like, oh, that led to a lot of death. You know, like right. a lot of and people died over make that. that. A humor, like that's right. not funny. Yeah, but the way he delivered it was actually solid. Like the delivery is like ten out of ten delivery. Subject matter, like zero out of ten. Like not okay oh, for him, especially him to make a joke about it. You know what I mean? Right. But but it was like delivered. Like when it the way it came out made me laugh out loud. It was funny, but not okay. Jesus. Um, well. uh Back on topic, I was starting say, it off strong. Yep, with some political my, humor. My uh, my first hot take is that Shrek the Third is as good as the first two films. It's like generally fucking hated. People shit on Shrek the Third so much, and I know that really? the three of us enjoy it. But like, I think that movie's fucking hysterical. Yeah, I think that you, the three of us, because we grew up, kind of removed a from like other people our age like we basically only had each other to hang out with a lot of the time right so we ended up just watching a lot of movies and just assuming that the world also liked them so like year one it was years before i realized that nobody likes that movie except for the three of us nobody's even seen it that's that's a fucking hill i'll die on year one <laughs> yeah. is top three comedy <laughs> exactly i think it's of all we, time it's super funny and like really extremely underrated and we talked about that already but like same with like Shrek the Third, like it was it was the Shrek movie that we put on the most for some reason, <laughs> and everybody else on the planet thinks it's trash. Yeah, you know. And I've tried to watch it with Kelly. We like went tried to go through all the Shrek movies, and when we got to the third one, she was just like, "I hate this," and I was like, "I don't understand. Why do I like? I, I love this movie." <laughs> you should have just skipped number two so you don't get Shrek fatigue next time. Yeah, the problem. Well, next time after the third next one, it's only time. halfway yeah. through. Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> I I will say this. Uh, in terms of ranking those movies, I would put it like I think that movie is the funniest one, but I would put it second behind Shrek in terms of just overall value of the movie and like that movie being rewatchable. I just think the Shrek, the first Shrek, is just so iconic. It was just unlike anything you'd ever seen before. Um, you know where your protagonist is this just like what would typically be a fairy tale villain. Right. And yet like suddenly we're looking at them through their own lens and like, you know, this character through his own lens and he's a good guy. That's just misunderstood by the world. And I, I think that first movie just is just so classic that like, that would be my number one Shrek. The third comedy wise, they really, that one is just so well, funny. I, mean, I, I now that we're thinking about it. Shrek two is a, great missed opportunity when we did our sequels episode because Shrek 2 took the concept of Shrek and really expanded on it. Like, where do you go from from the end of the Happily Ever After? And Shrek 2 is fucking fun. It's such a fun film. Yeah, uh, we really have our fingers on the pulse of the internet with all these Shrek conversations. If you, I don't know if you guys have been seeing all the Shrek stuff lately, but like the internet loves Shrek in yeah. a really weird and creepy way. Yep. <laughs> um, and lately it's been ratcheted up to 11 and we're really starting strong here. Um, I think because it's really funny to insinuate that you're sexually attracted to him. <laughs> like Thanos daddy? Yeah, but it's like way grosser because he just like farts and lives in mud and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, that's uh, – I don't know. I, I think that, that Shrek the Third is uh, – people think that – some people think it's funny, but a lot of people are just like, yeah, it's just a lower quality film. But I just don't fully agree, man. I think that the, the – I will be honest there. though. Shrek the Third is really slow for periods of time. And like Justin Timberlake's line delivery can be flat, you know? But it's once you get to uh, the wizard's house, played Marlin. by 
um, God damn it, played by uh, one of the members of Monty Python whose name escapes me right now. But he absolutely crushes. It's not, it's not John Cleese, is it? No, it's not John Cleese. It's um, I'll look it up. But he uh, he is really, really, really funny in that role, and he really just absolutely nails this. Yeah, I just it's oh, so it's funny. Eric, Eric Idle. Eric Idle. Yeah, he's actually my favorite of the Monty Python troupe. Um, I think that he's the funniest one, and he's great in that. Um, in that role is Merlin in like that weird short robe. So this is, I will agree that this is a very unpopular opinion, but it's not unpopular amongst us. Right. And <laughs> the I think three that, of us like it a lot. And I think that all, a lot of my takes are going to be that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine mine are going to be the mine won't. Way. I promise you. Yeah. All right. Then hit me. What do you got? Uh, you as in Brian. Sure. Yeah. I already went with my fire ass take on the George Bush joke. So. All right. Star Trek over Star Wars. Okay, how much, I'm leaving. How much I'm Star leaving Trek? this podcast, <laughs> Brian? You're the only brother here that hasn't watched an episode of Star Trek. I've seen episodes of Star Trek, and I'm I'm more referring to just the the broader universe. Which um, generation yeah, is your he's talking about the new Star Trek? I, I'm mainly talking about the movies. Okay, Kelvin Star Trek is trash, though, Brian. He's talking Wrong. not only is he talking, not talking about the movies. He's talking about the new movies, the 2009 Star Trek. Not I know Kelvin count. Not even Kelvin timeline. It's more of a knock on Star Wars than it is a uh, uh, me trying to raise up Star Trek. To be honest, how with you. dare you? But you're not taking in all of Star Trek, though. You're judging all nine Star Wars films and all other media, which of course you haven't I, seen any. I either. like I like the way that universe is set up more so than I like the way the Star Wars universe is set up. But you haven't. You can't. I don't think you can. I think that this is a false premise because you haven't watched enough Star Trek to say. I'm sorry, this. I'm entitled to my opinion. You don't undermine <laughs> someone's opinion. Your you opinion agree based or on nothing. With it. Your opinion's based on nothing. It's just like a feeling that you have. Yeah, I feel damn good about it too. There's a feeling <laughs> about a feeling for you. <laughs> Look, I will say, like in comparison of Star Trek to Star Wars, that the fact that Star Trek remains for the most part as sci-fi and doesn't get into fantasy is a fun consistency within their world, that they try their best to remain as accurate as they can to like the physics of the world that they provide. I enjoy that that concept, and they do a really good job of telling these isolated stories in space. I'm talking about the original TV show and even the the films as well, the original films. Um, their their casting is done really well. They they were able, they were able to really create some iconic moments um, throughout like 50 years of of television and film. And I think that Star Wars has a greater tendency to miss than Star Trek. I think that Star Wars, with its immediate divergence into space wizards um, and magic away from sci-fi, um, definitely has a hit or miss category to it. Dude, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't have a, so, as the brother who's seen the most Star Trek, because I genuinely really like Star Trek and have watched pretty much almost all all of every generation of Star Trek. Um, I will tell you that you guys are categorically false. These, as like a world, sure, it's very interesting to explore the Star Trek world because they basically live in like a socialist utopia. The humans do at least. And it's very grounded in like realistic sci-fi, like fe- like whatever. And Jeff, you're right. The Star Wars movies are fantasy. So it, it honestly isn't like really a great comparison. But these, the Star Trek movies are bad not the newer ones i like the newer ones but like go watch 
the journey home go watch wrath of khan which is probably the best star trek movie and go and compare that to any star wars movie even the sequel series which i hate and you're gonna be like okay yeah no star star wars movies are better so i should have led off by saying i have seen more in the star wars universe than i've seen in the star trek universe the fact that i'm still willing to make this statement is more of an indictment against star wars than it is me pounding the table for star trek that i haven't spent all the time to go dive into every part of that uh, universe the reason why i like star trek the premise of going out into the universe and exploring being the main theme and like continuing to like peel back the onion that is haha onion shrek reference anyway uh <laughs> it that is the universe and like finding just like it, just this unlimited potential for what the universe can be um super cool and you're right that that the framework of them coming from a an earth where all of our problems have been figured out like i don't know if people are aware but i don't i don't think they use currency on earth in that storyline i think that's fascinating no. i kind of wish they would dive more into the humans or the earth side of things but um yeah that that concept to me is great the newer movies i i really enjoy them i think chris pine was a great pick to to be to be kirk and you know obviously the whole crew everyone's pretty well cast whatever Star Wars, on the other hand, yeah, I think Jeff touching on like that tendency to miss, like there are some great iconic moments. This isn't me saying I don't like Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But at the same time, there are things about Star Wars that fall flat for me. There are, you know, things that I just, you know, can't get what my arms falls around. Flat? Give me an example. Entire movies fall flat. I, I think you can agree with that. <laughs> no, I think they're all perfect. No, you don't. <laughs> For the like, sake of this argument, I do. God I'm not damn even it! Going to bother to pinpoint <laughs> random plot lines. I'm just talking about, about full Luke movies being that a, just miss. Luke being a force hologram and Kylo swinging at air falls flat for me. Like there's, oh, there's, I didn't mind that part too much. I mean, the delivery was fine, but then the end. I like the part where he kissed his sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, started like a whole genre of porn, basically on his own. <laughs> and so, like, there are there are whole movies that are just like, eh, um. That yeah, like if if I was if you asked me which one I want to explore, yeah, further, but you haven't seen Trek. all the Star Trek movies, and a lot of those are bad. What about the one where they go and save the whales in nineteen seventies New York or wherever? Whatever they save the whales, that's really thoughtful. And yeah, go watch that movie and tell me how thoughtful it feels because it's pretty fucking bad. And it was directed <laughs> by Leonard Nimoy himself, and he like it just it was it was like this Keep weird environment. I respect that. It was interesting. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure that one's the journey home and, um, sounds like a hell of a journey. It, uh, it's like an, it's like a really early environmentalist message and it is a slog to watch. Like they, like, don't get me wrong. Like I do love Star Trek, but like, I think that the lived in nature and the fantasy aspect of the world and the fact that like every world you go to could like, there could be laser swords. There could be people with horns on their heads. Like there's just like, I just think star Wars is more fun than star Trek. Star Trek feels like star Wars is colder calculating cousin. You know what I mean? Who's just like a little bit older and a little bit stuck in his head. and has like, <laughs> like social anxiety or something. You know what? You just touched on something <laughs> for me. Uh, I don't understand how lightsabers are relevant in a universe with guns and blasters and because they have the force, Brian. It, and why, why it, the hell would someone use a laser blaster versus a gun? Like they can see the bullet coming. 
Like, why would I not use the tiny little rounds that you're like a well, Jedi is going to see that coming? <clears throat> maybe they don't have gunpowder. Maybe they, they, they have no idea. Well, about the, the answer I think is laser guns uh, or like blasters. Don't I'm going to be honest, ammo. dude. Like they don't talk reload. to me about weapons, and I will uh, react with the Klingon uh shield sword thing that they swing around that really long curved <laughs> weapon <laughs> that makes no sense at all and is like almost impossible to wield like there's a video of ray park at a comic-con where a fan brings one um, uh, the name of the weapon is escaping me right now but brings it to ray park who is uh, the the body of uh darth maul and he's trying to like you know do his acrobatic martial arts with it and it looks kind of silly because it's not a weapon that is meant to actually be wielded so closing statement here yeah you're wrong i think when i think of which one stokes my imagination which one gets me more excited which one do i just enjoy the premise of more the answer is star trek we all know that if i lived in the star trek universe i would be kirk and we all know that if it was star wars you know, I would be Obi-Wan and like, that's just not as exciting to me. He's just a guy hiding on Tatooine. You guys would be the two Anakins that I would have to stop from destroying everything. Yeah. You guys see that Obi-Wan You're both trailer Anakin. though? Just want to make sure I reiterate that. You're both Anakin in this scenario. Um, you guys see that Obi-Wan trailer? <laughs> I saw one yesterday. Looks good, right? It does look good. I'm excited. It's like in a week. I think it comes out next Friday. I immediately was like, you know what? I'm going to see if there's any new Star Trek trailers out. <laughs> yeah. How did that go? There's nothing. You watched the trailer for Strange New Worlds with uh, Anson Mount, Black Bolt himself. There, there's new trailers out because they have the new show starting. I, well, then the truth is I didn't actually do that. I was just trying to fuck with you. Yeah. Well, you failed because guess what? I like Star Trek more than you and I know that you're wrong. Star Wars is still more interesting. There's not an objective answer here. <laughs> yes, there is. Right, what's your next... <laughs> Topic, asshole. Um, Charlie's Theron is super overrated. I kind of talked about this, I think, last week or a couple weeks ago. But I think that she uh, gets by on looks alone. I think that she's extremely beautiful. And everybody is just like, oh, she's also really good at acting. But in reality, she's bad at acting. She's just very nice to look at. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I fully agree with this one. I definitely don't have as strong of an opinion on you, but uh, as you, but I've definitely got a lot of films that she's in that I probably would have enjoyed it more if someone else had done the role. The first one that comes to mind is the Snow White and the Hutzman franchise. Yeah, that's the one that I realized that I didn't like watching her act. It was that movie specific that I was just like, what is happening right now? What, just, every time it cut to her and she was doing that really exaggerated accent and screaming and crying and like all that, I was just like, what <laughs> what is this this woman is in an entirely different movie than the rest of the crew like yep. yeah really crazy that being said like her role in mad max i thought was fantastic it was underspoken sure. it was incredible like she can act I, i'm not gonna sit there and say across the board she is a bad actor i disagree with that notion i don't I, think i said that she's a bad actor i think she's ex- extremely overrated sure right like like there's a lot of films that i've seen her in that i thoroughly enjoyed like atomic blonde was an incredible fast action paced film i thought she delivered that really well um her role uh, the in- action and directing in that movie was good but that movie overall is bad and i think her performance in it was bad except for the part where she kissed that woman i like that part okay then right <laughs> thoughts it happened you can 100 percent hear her lines coming through in her delivery like it doesn't feel natural so i, I agree wow I, 
I really thought that there was going to be more of a discussion about this. But like I'm trying to picture a movie where like her performance stands out as something I can defend. Um, Mad Max is really like the one. Yeah, like, Furiosa, she crushes that role. Yeah, but that also Furiosa. that role is kind of larger than life. Like it's kind, she's got this fucking robot arm. She's you know screaming in the desert and driving a truck and like. Yeah, like it doesn't require like it's more of a physical performance and she is weird and crazy to look at and all that in that movie. But yeah, I think overall, yeah, I just feel her performance in everything. It's never like a lot. I'm never lost in it. I'm watching someone be ridiculous. It's kind of the Nick Cage thing. Like I enjoy it with Nick Cage because you're watching him perform. You know, you don't really feel lost in the performance, but for some reason with her, I think it's maybe because she's still like operating at this like level where everybody's like, Oh my God, Charlize Theron's in it. Like, Oh my God. Like she brings like this level of, you know, honesty or whatever. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking through her, her filmography right now. And, and, uh, Prometheus and Bagger Vance are two films that I didn't really think that she was that bad in where I like watched the film and it wasn't like, wow, she's totally acting here. How recently have you watched The Legend of Bagger Vance? A couple of years ago. Oh, I haven't seen that movie since, like, I don't know, 1998 or whatever it came out, 2001. She does a decent job for the role that she was given. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she really crushes it as the monkey in Mighty Joe Young. That was her role, right? What was she in that movie? She was like the... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Primatologists, I think they call themselves. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I just I thought that there was going to be more of a discussion. I thought this was going to be more unpopular because I feel like I have to defend myself every time I say it. But okay, we're we're really not good at this because we're all on the same page. We all okay. agree on everything. I mean, I'll keep yeah. I'll keep throwing out the heaters. Don't worry, people. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, that... that's right. You you do have bad opinions, Brian. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> I think that Life of Brian wow. is funnier than the Holy Grail. Yeah. I think the I, life of Brian is their actual classic. I just think the yeah, uh, the, the Holy like Grail deeper. is the one that has the quotable line. Yeah, exactly. It's deeper. Like Holy Grail is just an easy one to be like, see, that was funny. Like Life of Brian, you have to you have to put your phone down and be listening. I, I think that I think that uh, Holy Grail is super funny. I'm not saying that the Holy Grail is not a funny movie, but Holy Grail is the one that everyone has seen, and no one else has even heard of Life of Brian or Meaning of Life. Um, I think Meaning of Life is borderline unwatchable at this point. I think it has. I don't know about that. It's still pretty funny. um, It has some moments that are funny. Um, Yeah, it's not as. It's much more hit or miss with its with its. Well, it's almost like they did like an episode of Flying Circus where Mm -hmm. every sketch was based around one thing, and they just made it for two hours instead of like thirty minutes or one hour or whatever Flying Circus was. It's like a sketch movie. It's not really like a movie. There's no narrative real to it. Um, But. Life of Brian is very funny and 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 has a deeper meaning, but also is one of the funniest things anyone's ever seen. Like also, if you just have like a base knowledge of like Christianity, there's some like really, really, really clever, smart joke, like the bit where he loses his shoe and then everybody starts fighting about like which message and like how different religions form around this one moment where he drops a gourd and a shoe and dude, people just take different importance from those different things. is yep. like absolutely brilliant. Like so funny to me. Um, I think it's their, that is their true classic film. But again, I think that, um, uh, sorry, what's the Holy grail is, is more like, it's like 
accessible. Like anybody can watch it without having any like feel offended uh, or anything really. It's just like it's just jokes based me, in the I Middle think Ages. That, that like Holy Grail just became popular to like. Like it's like the it's like the Monty Python film that everyone has enjoyed, and so everyone from now on will just continue to enjoy it. It's the one that's become like popular, whereas Life of Brian never became as popular unless you were part of that flying circus crowd and we just ended up liking life of brian or monty python so much that we ended up getting deeper into their filmography and really loving life of brian but i have friends who've tried to watch life of brian with me that are just like i just don't think it's as funny and i'm like that's insane to me because you're wrong if you enjoy the holy grail it's the same level of humor it's just a play i think it's way funnier i think it's a way funnier movie i love yeah it's the same type of comedy of 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 holy grail it's just applied to a different setting and different characters and yet some people just like i just don't get it it's like i don't understand what's not to get if you liked holy grail it's the same fucking jokes by the same i people. will say that there is a bit in there where there's like a a top like a, a trans gender communication that is probably it has not aged well at all um but otherwise yeah it's pretty solid pretty solid and i think it's aged all right besides that one bit but um yeah i mean again uh, i no disagreement on that one Brian. speaking of which i was watching modern family episode the other night and uh the son says uh people tell me not to talk black to him or something and i went whoa when was this made <laughs> like this i thought this was fairly recent for that joke like that was not okay anyway that's neither here nor there you want another one from me Yep. Is it my turn? Yeah. Uh, Charmander is the best starter Pokemon. All right. <laughs> Why does everyone <laughs> hate my takes? <laughs> Go ahead, dude. Give me a or bullshit. I don't know a lot about this part. I'm not going to have... I, I honestly would probably Please. tend to agree because red's my favorite color, and so I choose Charmander every time. <laughs> Um, if I'm being completely honest with you it's a tie between Charmander and Squirtle I just knew Charmander was really going to get Jeff to react so I mean let's be clear right yeah I'm playing this up you guys so 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 between the three of them Bulbasaur has an additional immunity to an additional starter type so Bulbasaur is also immune to poison right Right. Which gives it an additional immunity so not only is it categorically the best starter as far as defensiveness it Mm -hmm. is uh, a solid Pokemon to use in multiple of gyms. Like it's the most effective against the most amount of gyms that you encounter. It's, it's most effective in the beginning too. I looked up these counter arguments because I knew you were going to Google this and I can see you reading off your screen right now. The first gym, it's effective. The second gym, it's effective. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's great. And by to that start time you're over leveled and, you and you've got other Pokemon to help you beat out the rest. Exactly. That was the argument I was going to go with. And then I realized like, crap, that doesn't hold up either. So totally. And Towards the end of the game, you get Moltres that replaces Char- Charizard, and you got Gyarados that replaces Blastoise, but you don't really have anything better than Venusaur to replace. Sounds like Sorry, you're in agreement dog, with Dog Park in here. Um, the answer is, uh, I like a challenge. <laughs> that doesn't make him the best, though. That that's categorically, you've just proved yourself wrong. Simply saying, it does make him I, the best because it makes the game stay entertaining for longer. But to say something is the best means that that thing has the best chance of being successful and and saying I'm going to go with the worst because it makes the path more difficult does not mean that that character is the best overall. It means that it's the best for that specific plan. But categorically, if you want to call something the best, it's the thing that meets the most um, conditions. 
And we didn't even get into the fact that Bulbasaur levels up evolves sooner than the other two starters. Yeah. I I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I play life on hard mode, man. Like, you know, like you could be the, uh, the brand ambassador for charm and ultra soft and I'll, uh, you know, I'll just keep uh, rising to the challenge. Okay. I'll take Charmander. I'll get to the Elite Four, sweep their asses, and I'll look at you and be like, hey, man. Uh, yeah. Why isn't a Holofoil Venusaur worth more than a Holofoil Char- Charizard? Then? And it's a fucking dragon, bro. And not a plant. Plant frog? Yeah. What the hell? I think is- the real reason that Bulbasaur doesn't get as much play and isn't as popular is because it's way uglier. And like so and like all of its evolutions don't look as cool. You know what I mean? Like think of sorry, what's the middle one for Bulbasaur? Is it Ivysaur? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh so look at Ivysaur versus War Turtle and Charmeleon. The other two are way cooler looking. Especially War Turtle is That's like subjective. sick. He looks like Thor with a fucking turtle shell. He's awesome. He's like if one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles put on Thor's helmet. It's all it's fucking cool. And then Blastoise is literally like a tortoise with cannons on the back of his head uh, with a hippo's face. That's awesome. I don't know what the how that happens to an animal, how it just develops cannons, but you know, good for him. Dude, a dragon in a turtle with cannons on its back versus a plant. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Done. And then Bulbasaur is like a fucking turnip with legs. It's an onion, it, dude. It's an onion. Yeah, it's ugly. It's ugly it to look at. It makes me cry. Okay. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I want to light it on, on fire. <laughs> let's let's go a little lever deeper. You take Bulbasaur. I take Charmander. Who wins that fight, bro? <laughs> Roasted. Literally, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. It does war. If I choose Squirtle, do I make do I make Bulbasaur grow larger because the water helps him? I don't understand. Is that a thing? I mean, it's like is it not? I'm asking. Like, does the water is it ineffective against plants because plants need water to live? No, but grass is super effective against the water type. So it, it would just it would just stop. Interesting. It would just stop. Like I, I was able to defeat with my level fifty Venusaur, Brian's level fucking eighty Bulbasaur, one on one. I ended up losing the battle overall, which is what Brian's about to say. But um, <laughs> oh. but I like that you got out you guys, in front of it. If so you guys that can't you tell, I was severely under leveled, and I still beat his starter straight up one on one. So, uh, cool. Uh, was that Brian's? That was Brian's hot take. That was mine. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. What's my next one? The final season of Game of Thrones is not as bad as Brian thinks. Oh <laughs> hell no! I'm out. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. Well, you started it by doing the Star Trek Star Wars thing. Oh man. Oh, Tyler, I don't know how you're going to defend. I don't this think one. we have enough time to discuss I, seriously. This one. You just keep going. <laughs> and I know that you don't believe it. Too. The hell are you talking about, man? It's yeah, not that bad. You don't believe it. I no, know that it upset it. you because you had a lot of emotion to, wrapped up in the characters. But I think that if you look at the show objectively, the quality of the show did not drop so significantly. You're right. That I happened think that you're just season six. <laughs> what, what I think that drop? you're I just on tell ha- whether it dropped because the whole episode was black. <laughs> One episode and that was a creative decision. Yeah, you can be unhappy with the creative decision, but there's still a creative decision. I don't know why he even had actors in that episode. Why didn't he just have them all voice in 
go to like audio rooms and, and record their lines because I couldn't see them actually moving around on screen anyway. I just, I genuinely have been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been wanting to go back and watch it. And I've just been thinking about the final series and how disappointed I was. And I was really examining why I felt disappointed by it. And I was just like, I think it's really just that I had years and years and years of expectations of how characters were going to be portrayed and how the battle was going to be shown on screen. Name three characters that had a satisfying character arc by the end of season. But it's not my decision of how these characters' stories end. It's someone else's, and I just have to be there for it. You know what I mean? You can still have an opinion on whether or not it's good or bad, and to say say that it's not that bad is wrong. It was awful. I don't... I don't think that it's bad. I don't think that Khaleesi becoming a bad person is a ultimately bad thing. Do I feel like it may have been rushed? Yes. I do think it may have been rushed. But I also think that if the series had dragged on for two more seasons just so that they could do that, then the other characters would have been disserviced. Oh, um, the other characters weren't disserviced? Jamie, uh, Tyrion, John. They were trying to provide Brand. unexpected narrative endings to these characters who they'd spent eight years developing no, and they, they did do that any time developing george r. r martin had developed them in a book series and the second those books they had to steer off that the show became awful i don't think that it became awful i just think that they were trying like it's not their fault that germ can't fucking finish a book because he's like 10 years late on the book that the next book you know what I mean? And sure. like, he, there's no way he's going to finish the series at this point. He has like, no intention of finishing nothing. the series at this point. Fuck no. No, it's not going to be done. It, Brandon Sanderson's going to finish it, just like he did for <laughs> Robert Jordan. <laughs> and he got a lot of shit uh, for that. Yeah, and then Jeff will finally go and read it. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think, I just don't think that it's as bad. I think that we just had a lot of expectations built into the series, and did it hit on every level that we wanted it to? No, but what our job as a viewer, as an audience is, is to watch the story and you can be disappointed by it, but I just, I don't think that the quality of the show dipped as much as we are saying and as much as Brian likes to harp on. And I think Brian's only mad because he wanted Jon Snow to be King of Westeros and that was just never going to no, happen. It was not one thing that made me upset. Do you have you a wanted him to kill the Night's King. You wanted him to be... I do have a fucking pen. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Here. Explain to right me the here. fucking stupid swirly thing with the White Walkers. What was the point of the White Walkers in general? That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Jamie's character ever? arc? Are you kidding me? Like, that guy had so much growth over the course of the show. I was banging the table for that guy being the best developed character. And he runs back to Cersei after hitting it and quitting it with Brienne. I don't understand that. I don't understand. Daenerys, speaking of character development, like, she just goes and roasts the entire city after spending the whole show saying that wasn't going to happen. Like, come on. That is... I, I could... That's just spitting angrily here in the first 10 seconds. I could go for an hour. Point is... Uh, and let me just say this. I'm going to say something positive here. Whew, I got this. I can do this. I was completely happy with the show up until that last season. I don't do the whole thing where you have to go all the way back to season four to find a good season. No, I wasn't even, I don't even remember questioning the quality of the show until that first episode of the last season where I went, okay, uh, you know, that, that was just a slow episode. Let's get to the next one. Okay. They're still just building up for some big deaths. Like, okay. And then by the long night it was like oh no 
and it just felt like I made it through, but I, I wish I hadn't. I wish I'd stopped at that second episode and gouged my eyes out before <laughs> the next drop because it was rough. Well, I disagree. I don't think that it was as bad as you guys are make it out to be. I think that it was fine. I think that, yeah, it felt a little rushed. And I, if we had had a little bit more time, those things would have made would have felt like they narratively made a bit more sense. But no. they had a lot to tie up and a lot of major characters. I think that their major failing was being too precious with a lot of their characters and not killing enough people off so that there was less to carry over. Like, the only person major character that we lost before the final two episodes was Jorah Mormont. And who gave a fuck about his story? I didn't care. Like, you could have killed him five seasons ago and it wouldn't have mattered, you know? But otherwise, like, we didn't really lose any of the major characters. And all I wanted was for pretty much everyone to die. Like kill Brienne, kill Jamie at the at the Battle of the Long Night or whatever, um, and then that story's wrapped up. And then kill Cersei at King's Landing with Daenerys going wild. Okay, fine. Have Jon Snow kill Daenerys. Sorry, spoilers for Game of Thrones, but um, this is like the fourth time we've talked about it on Pod. So I, I just I think that it it makes enough sense that like it doesn't really bother me as much. Was I disappointed in the moment? Yes, but going back and really examining my feelings on it, I just think that I was disappointed because it didn't end the way that I had predicted <clears throat> it to end. So I don't know. That's my that's my thought, and I'm sticking to it. Sure, we'll move on. I think that. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is the best Indiana Jones film. That's not an unpopular opinion. Everybody thinks this. Yeah, I think, I think it's the most complete movie. I think yes. there's there's a lot of people that, that would argue that the first film is Ra better. Raiders is solid, but no, no, it's not better. The scope of it is not as exciting. The action set pieces are not as good. Um, there's not enough Nazis in the first one. <laughs> All right, and by that I this? mean getting killed getting killed not right. just in general <laughs> then how about this Days of Future Past is the best X-Men film I think so uh, well no. besides Logan Logan, Logan. what the hell are you talking are about are you counting Logan well I sure. in a previous episode Logan. I didn't count Logan go ahead objectively Logan's number one based on what what so based on what <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize I had to provide an example. I figured that was just gospel. Uh, it's just a really damn good movie. And it plays up to the the character's real talent of being just grizzled and and bitter and and tough as nails. And um, the quality of the shooting, the quality of the storyline, it all makes sense. There's just very few holes to pick. Like, love that movie. I, I will say, I think that Logan achieves something that no film was had had been able to achieve before with Wolverine, which was to really show Wolverine's suffering. Um, Cause Wolverine really just lives a life of misery in the comics and films don't really do that justice. They're just like, look how pretty Hugh Jackman is. Isn't this fun? Um, and in reality, Logan just lives this, this life that's just constantly um, bad. And they try their best in Wolverine origins, which is terrible for a lot of other reasons. Um, they, they constantly try and show that Wolverine's you know upset and has this love triangle, all this other stuff. But really, Logan is able to capture it at its essence that he just lives this constant life of suffering and just soldiers through. Um, and it's an incredible film. But unfortunately, I still think Days of Future Past, given that it's an ensemble cast film and brings together the heart of the X-Men, many people are going to argue that it did so at the sacrifice of Mystique. 
which I would say, well, we've already got other Mystique renditions. It's fine if they want to, you know, rewrite her character for the purpose of the film, because I don't know anyone that feels that strongly about Mystique's character development and needs her to be a, a vague assassin woman um, that she is in the comics. So I would argue that if we have to sacrifice Mystique in order to get the rest of the X-Men character arcs on track, I'm totally fine with that. I think that they really, really capture the essence of Professor X in a way that no other film has. Uh, I thought that the, the, the scenes between McAvoy and um, uh, Stewart were uh, incredible. Uh, probably my favorite part of the film. But yeah, overall, just incredible acting, incredible action, um, and very fun storylines between the two timelines. Yeah, I mean, I think up until Logan, you're right. But Logan, I think, is a better film overall. I think, but it, it, probably because it has a singular focus, right? It's just kind of wrapping up Hugh Jackman's story. And so it allows it to be a more focused movie. Whereas Days of Future Past is like 10 characters across two separate time, like movie timelines. I get that. I mean, it's basically, it's basically a multiverse movie before the, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a it's an interesting concept in that Hugh Jackman has to bridge this timeline between like a reboot universe and an original trilogy universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it was like the fact that it worked at all is very impressive to me. Um, but I think that Logan is a better movie because it has less to do. See, I don't know if that necessarily makes it a better movie for me. I think that the quality of the film doesn't well, it's not better because it has less to do. I think that because it has less to do, it allowed the movie to be more focused. And so uh, therefore the plot is a little bit more clean. I think the fact and that I think the, that days of future past is kind of muddy. And I, I see where you're going with that. I, I, I respect that opinion, but I will say that personally, I enjoy a film more when they're able to take a more ambitious approach to storytelling and will, and are able to pull off a film that I can enjoy. Uh, which my next take will will also reinforce this concept, but it's uh, it's Brian's turn. Uh, okay, uh, there are only winners in the Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, and Jennifer Aniston love triangle. <laughs> you have to explain that. I don't. I don't even. It's just a bunch of mean. beautiful people dating each other. Like I just don't think anyone loses there. Any any uh, counter arguments? <laughs> Are we all disagreeing? I, was, on I, was, I genuinely don't even understand the conceit of this this argument. Like I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, I think what do you mean? Too literal. It's just a joke. <laughs> oh, I just I think that. Oh, you're just saying because they're all hot and it doesn't they're matter. So hot, rich people. Like I yeah. don't think anyone's losing. People break up and get back together with other people all the they're time, and it fine. really doesn't yeah. matter. And you're they're still all rich hot and hot, and famous and rich. Yeah. Like yeah. Anyway, and uh, then I, yeah, and then Jennifer one. Aniston went on to marry like Justin Thoreau for a while. I think they are now divorced again, but like Ouch. they were happy and they're both really attractive, and no one cares about them because it's just not Brad Pitt in the '90s, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no. I mean, it's sad that a relationship ended so publicly. I think that that's the real loss there is that like other people got so involved in Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt's lives for a minute. But like the same thing happened with Ryan Reynolds, Scarlett Johansson and Blake Lively. And it just like got no attention because the 90s were like the tabloid era. You know what I mean? So I don't disagree because Scarlett Johansson is obviously fine, you know, and so are Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. So, yeah, I'll give you one. I, it I is kind of uh, like history repeating itself. I didn't really think of it that way. 
Yeah, and just no one gave a shit about it at all. Everyone was like, oh, okay, it happened again? Cool. We're yeah. still talking about Brad and Tab- Jennifer, actually. stay so. alive way past the death of print. Cool. Um, you have another you guess one, Brian? You guys want me to give you like a real one? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay. Hemsworth is the best Marvel Chris. They're both thinking really hard here, people. <clears throat> Just, you can't see their video, but um, they're both I'm thinking real hard. My thoughts. I will say that Chris Hemsworth has delivered uh, the worst of the two. Well, I guess we'll have to wait till Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out. But the worst of the two Chris trilogies that we've seen, right? Between Chris Evans' when Captain America trilogy and Thor's trilogy, I would rather watch First Avenger, Winter Soldier, and Civil War than watch Thor 1 dark world and if we ragnarok. average out the quality of those movies you don't Fuck think ragnarok off. brings you it can't up just tell me that ragnarok you think that ragnarok raises it up to the level that winter soldier and civil war i think ragnarok would be my number one choice of all those movies to watch and therefore yeah i think it does at least drag it up to where we're having a discussion don't about tell it. me that you're gonna sit there and watch no dark fucking world. way i'm not gonna watch four hours of tr- absolute <laughs> garbage you. to watch two hours of a pretty good movie <laughs> thank you rather than watch four hours of like some of the best superhero cinema that we've ever seen and then two hours of okay movie because so, so who first avenger is not that bad are we but saying like thor chris one evans? yeah sorry i'm saying are you chris saying evans. chris evans then uh yeah well i don't know because even guardians of galaxy 2 is not that bad and no, i, I think chris pratt is really funny in those movies so you're arguing pratt i i just uh I don't. I guess it depends on what mood I'm in. I I've said already that Captain America: Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie, and I still stand by that. I think it's the best one. Um, so I probably would would stick with Chris Evans. But if I'm like in the mood to just watch something funny, you know what I mean, or like throw something on in the background, I'm probably gonna throw on Guardians of the Galaxy because when I look up and there's just like cool space visuals and like purple and blues all over the screen and laser blasts and just comedy like you know if i want something light as i'm cleaning the house then i'll probably throw that on you know what i mean um i guess i'm arguing more about the movies i would say chris evans is probably my number one there over chris hemsworth i like chris hemsworth a lot and i think he's really funny and i'm excited to see what this new thor movie does for us you know what's interesting about it it's actually the first of a four it's the first fourth solo movie Uh that we've gotten it's a weird sentence to say. First, fourth, so which movie. I mean, it goes, it goes, that goes more to Chris Hemsworth, and and this is a big selling point for him. He's down to do the role. Everyone else is, oh, is yeah. worried about their image, and he's just like, dude, this is fun. I and think he loves the the fan, like everybody. Like I think also, I think he just is like, I'm fucking working. Like they're just yeah. paying me, dude. If I was, if I was an actor, my dream role would be to get a Marvel gig and just never have to compete for another role. Like, just be like, yeah, I'll just do all, I'll be in the TV shows. I'll be in the movies. I'm just constantly working. I'm doing this awesome role where I get to wear like a suit of armor and look like a badass. And everyone tells me how good looking I am and cool I am. And I have like fans all over the world that are just like obsessed with like me. I go put out a movie every year or every other year. (laughs) And I get to spend the rest of the time with my hot wife and children. Like, yeah. yeah. And I don't don't see, like, I don't understand the downside. Like people are like, well, I'm creatively fulfilled. Fuck you. Just be Spider-Man. Like, why wouldn't you want to be Spider-Man forever? That's all I would want in my life. Yep. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't know. So that's I, what, how I feel. Like I go to bed just wishing I was Batman in real life. You uh, know what uh, I mean? I just want to be Batman. If Robert Pattinson now gets to be that. And if he at the end of these three movies is like, well, creatively, I'm unfulfilled. I want to go off and do other stuff. It's like, all right, fuck you then. Right. Someone just needs to be cast as Batman and just be Batman forever, and then that's it. Yeah, I. Uh, and, so I'll. I'll I think that Chris Hemsworth is up there in the running. I, I don't know if this is super controversial. Oh, you I, mean of the three Chris's, he's in the running? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's up there. He's definitely not like an immediate disqualification. But I will say that I think that Chris Evans uh, is better uh, in the fact that he has been a part of better films. Um, I don't know how much of a role he had in that, which I'm going to guess is minimal. But um, it's, it's kind of a big detractor for me because I don't want to go back and watch the second Thor film. I'll watch the first one, but the second one's just a slog. I don't know. The first one's pretty bad, too. The only first good part pretty is bad when too, he, yeah. he throws okay. a cup at the ground. That's my my main like. argument was that Ragnarok drove up the average. It does, but not as well. So, yeah. Um, Cool. I don't have any more that I can think of off the top of my head that I haven't already said on podcast. I think all of these I've already kind of said on podcast. But Well, the one that I was alluding to earlier is that I think, and I don't know if this is going to be seen as controversial. You guys have, have refuted this before in the past. I think that the MCU is the greatest cinematic achievement ever. Um, uh, it's hard to disagree because it really is we haven't seen anything like it you know what i mean like no one's ever been able to do what they what they've done and like a lot of things have tried and like it hasn't really worked on tv it hasn't really worked in movies you know the only other place that it's ever worked is in comics really like something on this scale that we're seeing you know what i mean that has so much invested in it and people can like specific corners and there can be like these discussions like what we just had between the three chrises you know like tell me tell me what film franchise on their 24th film is going to hit box office records with spider-man far from home like holy shit like it's really it's hard to argue with that because it is it's just there's just never really been anything like what we're seeing, you know, and like the fact that like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came out and like wasn't the best movie ever. But because it just feels like it's just like, oh, OK, well, they like had a misstep on that episode, but, it, you know, it doesn't ruin the franchise overall. You know what I mean? Like it's it's impressive because they, not, they've created a machine that now like, yeah, like a six months earlier a year earlier no way home came out and we're all like fucking that was awesome that was really great and then multiverse of madness comes out and we're like uh it wasn't you know it was good but it wasn't that great and then the next one's gonna come out and we're all gonna be like fuck yeah thor is sick we're like we're all on board for whatever you know what i mean like right they've created this machine where it's just like it's it can be bad episodes and good episodes or you know like just like in the marvel comics you know like there are issues that are like that was nothing happened in that issue you know, but then you watch a movie, you read a couple issues later and you're like, oh, that issue where nothing happened now actually makes sense here or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. So it's hard to argue. I, I'm trying to think of something that I would put up as a better cinematic achievement and it's kind of tough. Brian, do you have thoughts? Um, no, I, I don't think there's anything I can really stack up against it. I, uh, I was trying to think something Lord of the Rings universe but i just 
as far as just the sheer number of movies, how many total movies are we at now? Like 26. That's amazing. You know what I mean? And the fact that what I'm hoping for is that someday someone will put them all together in a chronological timeline movie, like one full thousand hour movie. And it just becomes the right, like rite of passage for Marvel fans to try to make it through the whole thing. Not in one sitting, obviously, but I, just, I was going to say, you're talking about like 50 hours of yeah, cinema at this point, <laughs> probably more than that. But, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm just saying like it, you know, I know that there's been like fan edits of, you know, different movies and stuff. I just think that one would be kind of fun. And, and yeah, it's just to have a, a story in the same universe span that many movies and all of them just like, or very few of them be duds. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's anything that's ever been attempted like this. I think it's pretty amazing. So that's, that's, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that one's, um, pretty easy to defend. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, again, it's so you're right, has, but terrible one there <laughs> on the level that there's just nothing that really compares to it. And that not like, it's yeah you're right it, like as far as that goes now the fact that like the lord of the rings movies filmed back to back to back mm-hmm. for like six years and they were able to like peter jackson had the foresight and like the planning to shoot all these scenes like out of order and like all of this stuff and then piece together three fully cohesive films that were as good as they are yeah you know what i mean that's an incredible achievement right i also think that like a movie like everything everywhere all at once that like i mean jeff you saw it like all those different pieces had to be filmed separately and somehow fit together to make a cohesive movie and the way that they nailed that i think that that's a cinematic achievement right but i think that on the scale like someone had to have the vision. Someone had to sit down for everything everywhere at once and have the vision for what the story they wanted to tell is and put it down on paper and have someone read it and go, yeah, okay. Yeah, we can do this. Hot dogs, yeah. That's incredible. That's Uh, absolutely incredible as a cinematic achievement, right? But I don't think that you can compare that to the scale of the MCU and how all of these movies are completely disparate, but yet fit together into one massive puzzle. Right. I you mean, know what I mean? It's just, it's really like, I was on I a mean, comic thread last week or earlier, actually yesterday, it was yesterday. And they were talking about like the, the summer's family history and all these random stuff. And it was like this long paragraph of like, imagine like Cyclops writing a memoir of his life. And it was like just this, you know, one sentence excerpts of all of these, you know, month long comic book runs of all this weird shit that happened to him. And it's just like how insane that story is. But at the same time, it's like we're getting that in film form every three to six months. Um, these interpretations of these old storylines and the general population is understanding them. You don't have to read 50 different issues of comics to stay online. You just, you know, go see the movie once. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm caught up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, so, yeah, it, on the scale that it is, you're right. There's nothing that compares. But I will say that there are other cinematic achievements that also are extremely impressive. But, like, yeah, there's just nothing on the same scale. Yeah. So the only other one that is on the same scale is James Bond, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? The fact that James Bond is going for, what is it, like 50 movies at this point um, is really incredible. But those movies aren't all fit together to tell massive stories like that right um so that 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 would be the closest to it i'd say but 
I don't think that it really compares in that way. In that way. Yeah. Oh, it's like 27 movies over 50 years, I think, actually. I'm just quickly looking that up here. Yeah, something like that. So, anyway. Um, cool. I think, did Brian, did you have any more? I've got a couple more that I can go through rapid fire if you guys want. Yeah, just rapid fire them and we'll tell you if we agree or not. Um, Hermione should have ended up with Harry. I don't sure. know if that one's controversial. But, uh, uh, I I definitely think that that's how I felt when I read the books. I was like, I don't understand why she, they're doing this. Like they were clearly setting up a Ron Hermione thing like early on, and I didn't like it. Ron is degrading to her and verbally abusive, and she like does his homework and stuff. Like it's in like Harry's always positive and nice to her. Like I just didn't. I don't know. I Harry's never really like a weird fit to me. I didn't understand why they forced that one in, and yeah, she's just... actually said she regrets it. So I actually regret. really don't like that Harry was really into Cho Chang. I didn't like that bit. I didn't like that he like, yeah, I don't know. That, that was my main detraction. Yeah. But yeah, I do feel like he should have ended up with Hermione. It's the, what, narratively, that's what made the most sense to me at the time. So Yeah. So um, my next one is the spinning top was about to fall at the end of Inception. I am yes. 100% positive. That yeah, he's fall. not he's, in a dream. I no, and I don't understand why that one's still so debated because – like, I get that they threw that in there, but I'm like, how would it make sense with the layers? Like, why? how would he end up in the dream? Like, we, you can literally count the number of layers they go in and the number of layers that they go out. Like, I just don't understand why. The whole, first, the whole, the whole film would have been taken would – have, would have to have taken place in a dream. Right. He was point, in a dream to start the movie, which it's like – At that point, the film just doesn't make sense. So. Like, and you see it wobble and I'm like, that table was smooth. Okay. So, we know that thing's starting to run out of steam. Like, I, I just – I don't understand why people are like, he's still in a dream. Cause I'm like, wait, what? Like, how could he still be in a dream layer that just, but you're right. Like he would have to, but even then, like, wouldn't the subconscious be reacting at some point? Like it, you know, it seems like at every level of the dream, the longer you spend there, the more the dream starts to break down. Right. And that on that level, it just never does. You just get stuck. Like, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. Don't agree. Don't disagree with that one at all. Okay. Um, the flash should be able to solo everyone. In DC. Uh, explain your argument. He's just too fast. He, he, if you like f- speed is such an advantage over everything else that it's like you, you just, I mean, picture getting into a fight with somebody that has to fight you in slow motion. I don't care if it's a UFC world champion, what are they going to do? Like you you can step outside of every attack. You can throw attacks that they can't f- defend or perceive. Like it just, like it to me, it's too big of an advantage that you know he's able to move so much faster than everybody else. It I don't even understand why low level crime exists. It feels like he could clean that shit up in a day. Like I don't understand like not even a day, like an hour. Like I don't understand why um, he's not. I don't know. Maybe you guys are about to say this isn't a hot take, but at the same time, it, that to me just feels like an advantage that is too hard to overcome. Even Superman. <coughs> like I'm picturing the fight in the movie. Where Superman is like close to his speed, but so, like I mean, the argument that, that was just more he scene. caught Flash by surprise, right? In that think, specific scene, Flash, Flash wasn't running. If he was full. aware, Flash was yeah, running exactly. at full speed for that for that scene. Yeah, if he was aware that Superman was pretty quick, like he probably would have ramped that up, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Because look how like debilitated Superman is compared to him. Like Flash could literally just go run and grab Kryptonite and run back and stab his ass, and Superman will still be throwing a slow punch. Like I just don't. I don't know. It, it just I, seems like I'm not going to argue. Advantage. I mean, I, I definitely I think that Flash is one of those characters, and and it's very common for any comic book character that suffers from 
writing inconsistencies. They didn't establish that this is as fast as the Flash can move, and then, but they constantly right, so fluctuate. Kept getting faster. <laughs> it's yeah, they just keep fluctuating, right? I mean, the fact that it's canonical that Flash can can experience time in attoseconds, which is just a fucking absurd measurement of time, um, is insane. And he it's, literally time travels too. Like let's right. not even let's just put that aside, which is a ridiculous advantage. Just his so, ability to slow everyone else down. Jeff, um, what is the uh, DC? It's Kingdom Come. Uh-huh. The Flash in Kingdom Come is now operating at a level that he is no longer like a like a human being. Right. He's literally like just like a beam of light traveling around the city, solving crime at all time. He's just like a blur just moving because he's just never stopping he's always moving because he's gotten to the point where he's so fast that now he's essentially a force of nature right he, he's so I integrated think that, with the speed force at that point that he can't stand still so like even in the panels that he's drawn where he's trying to like not have a conversation because he can't do that anymore but he's trying to like be present as part of a superhero team <laughs> it's just like motion like red yeah. scribbles wherever the fuck he's standing yeah, the Flash the is literally like a, like exactly what you're describing, Brian. That's what he becomes. He becomes a character that is no. Yeah, he's literally just like. But it's speed. a non. It's a non canonical storyline, though. But continue. Yeah, well, it's a it's not it's a possible future in the DC universe, which it's just DC is just filled with possible futures. Well, it's just the outcome when you have a guy that, like you said, doesn't have a cap on his power. He just literally just continues to get faster. At some point, you right. have to write something like that where he just almost doesn't exist. He's almost hitting a. Dr. Manhattan level of transcending his his yeah. his I human think that, capacity or whatever. I think that the Flash is one of those characters where like because of his char- his his abilities being outside of the realm of physics that he, or like directly tied to con- conceptual physics um they writers who are interested in that kind of stuff like to ramp him up a lot. And so, like, we talked about this before, but they've given him the ability called the infinite mass punch, where he can basically channel all of the speed force into his fist and hit somebody with the with the with the force that would literally end existence because it's so powerful that like the concussive wave would just rewrite all of reality because he's outside of physics and you can create something like that. You know what I mean? Like the physics has no bearing on him because he essentially doesn't exist in space time because he's so fast. Yeah, I, I came to this because I was picturing Superman and well, I was going to make this argument about him. And I realized that it wasn't the strength of Superman that sets him apart compared to most of the people he fights. It's the, the speed at which he can move. And I always make this argument that Superman should just fly through everybody's chests in the fights over. Like, why wouldn't he just go full speed and just go blasting right through him and boom, fights over like... I just don't understand that. And then I realized he's not even the fastest dude in the team. Like there's there's a guy that's f- much faster than him. So it's to me like it almost ruins the character because I'm like, it just doesn't make sense to me why when there's a, a threat to the world or the universe or whatever, and he's in the middle of that fight, why he wouldn't just go so fast that that thing can, can't move and yeah. perceive him. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is the, the, the second that he had the ability to shake his arm so fast that his molecules are no longer vibrating on the same plane of existence, so he is no longer bound by matter. Yeah, it ruins. It breaks a character. It's like, oh, yeah, I just vibrate through the wall. I'm sorry, you fucking what? 
<laughs> you fucking what? You do yeah. you you shake so fucking fast that your molecules no longer exist on the same vibrational wavelength as the rest of the universe? Like this? Oh yeah, he's essentially moved into an like a, a parallel <laughs> dimension at that point. And it's like yeah. a standard thing that he could do in the comics that no one's like. Oh yeah, what no, the it's, fuck? it's yeah. Like you're not abusing thing. that power enough. <laughs> like there's so much you could do with that and you're just using it to fight low-level crime like what's happening here ah these <laughs> headcuffs are a nuisance let me vibrate <laughs> okay yeah. buddy why even use doors just do the vision thing and just go right through them. anyway yeah. like so so is my is my take on that fair yes. like should he be able to yeah. solo everything at the same yes. time and like he's just too powerful yeah yeah he should just have children and create a Genghis Khan dynasty of I mean, it's very, very dark take. He could literally just impregnate as many people as possible and just have okay. an army of children. <laughs> Moving along. Oh, my God. Yeah, right, anyway. That was fucked up. Right, I here. hope to God you never get superpowers. I've got one more. There's not going to be much debate over this, but it deserves to be established uh, in the canon of this sh- podcast. Uh, LeBron is the GOAT over MJ. That's pop culture. So just got it out there. Based um, on what statistics? Uh. He's going to be end his career as the leading scorer in NBA history. He's going to be top ten in rebounds, assists. I think steals too, maybe playoff three pointers. And he's not even a three point specialist. Uh, the dude went to the finals every year for like eight straight years uh, with three different teams. Like he's been an MV, uh, an NBA Finals MVP with three different teams. Like I, I, I could keep going, but point is, there's. A lot of amazing parts to Jordan's career. When is career. he retiring? Because to... he's already got four seasons on MJ. Like, I'm just saying. That? <laughs> yeah, I did. Nice. Um, good question. Longevity is something I, that I think people try to use as an argument against a player um, and like their overall stats that they finish with. But in my opinion, it's a skill to stay. So how many of those stats did he ramp up in the last four years? Let's take the first 15 years of each player. And oh, if you're going to go by his numbers, uh, it, it definitely is not buoyed by him later. in life. I mean, he's still amazing on, on the stat sheet. He's still one of the best players in the NBA at like 38 years old or whatever he is. But uh, if you're going by what padded his stats, it was definitely a young, young LeBron. Um, but I mean, he's just, he's got the longevity. He's got, he's got every, every part of Look, what you would wanna, want in a great I don't player. People hold just hate him LeBron. because he's not Michael. What? I don't want to hold it against LeBron. The fact that he couldn't pull off a bunch of championships because he decided to stay loyal to a, a, a team that wasn't capable of winning the championships. I mean, that's pretty clear that he spent a lot of time with Cleveland and, and they just weren't going to pull it out yeah, he with the team that they had. Like a, uh, over half a decade <coughs> sitting there waiting for them to get him the, the help he needed. Exactly. Like no one does it without help. I can't name right. a single team in NBA history that was winning championships without multiple stars. Right. So for him to – he was dragging his team to the finals every year and, or, you know, or to the conference finals every year and then was just running into teams that had multiple stars and he can't guard everyone by himself. So it was like after a while he was like, cool, I'm going to go to Miami and learn how to win, win basketball games and win championships and then I'm going to come back, do it for the city and, and that's what he did. And yeah, he, I mean now, I – I yeah. think that Michael Jordan is one of the, the the peak athletes of the last century, but I think that LeBron just has a physical domination about him that allows him to um, take over for what the modern interpretation of basketball is. And I think that that Michael dominated for his time, but um, I don't yeah. know if I ultimately disagree with you. Tyler, Tyler, do you have a Jordan Jordan stance? Yeah, I I think that this argument is fucking annoying. I'm so sick of people having it. Bron is a better player than Michael Jordan at this point, because that's just how because time Michael works. Michael Jordan is 60. 
Yeah, that's just how time works. The, the same <laughs> argument was happening. <laughs> Sit out there, he could beat him right now in a one-on-one. Let's settle this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because when Jordan was being touted as the best player, they were comparing him to Chamberlain. They were comparing. You know what I mean? Like every generation has this argument, and it's fucking annoying, man. It's really annoying. It's just how time works. Better players come along. It just happens. Just like when Brady was coming up. They were comparing him to Joe Montana all the time. They were just like, is he as good as Joe Montana? Is he as good? And it's like, he's better. He's better than Joe Montana because he's his career is built off of people who were playing against Joe Montana and players right. who also grew up idolizing and, and people during that time period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's just... It's just how things work. De- people develop because of the level of skill that Joe Montana required other players to be at to compete with him. Right. right? I mean, it's 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 that evolving sports theory. Like people people talk about Gretzky that if Gretzky was playing at today's standards, that he wouldn't be would as successful as he was. Would have just been an average player because yeah, be goalies average weren't because goalies didn't have the techniques that they have now that would allow him to. And the same thing with baseball with Babe Ruth and all these other people, the people who are chain smoking at the plate, like that just wouldn't happen these yeah. days. Exactly. Because um, <laughs> the sports that's evolved. That's so funny. Yeah. Right. It, that's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, Jordan, Michael Jordan's a little people bit had to get better to play at the same level as Jordan. And now Braun is having to compete against those people. You know what I mean? And have to be better than the people who grew up being, right. you know, playing as hard as they could to get to the skill level that Jordan was at. You know what I mean? Jordan right. raised the bar and lebron has in raised the bar further and i think that the next player who comes along is going to be compared to jordan and lebron you know but i think that if you took lebron at his peak and jordan at his peak it would be a really good game but i think that lebron james would have taken him to the hole every time he's, just, he's I, a bigger athlete. he's a it's bigger more speed, dominant but... person yeah i just yeah. no no offense to jordan watching jordan play in like those 90s basketball games i still every now and then will throw on like highlight clips of jordan and he was physically dominant but i think that the skill level in the nba right now is higher because of jordan and lebron is now competing against those people and dominating and i just don't think that it's i think it's a hack argument to compare it to the amount of rings that he has i think that that's bullshit because a single player's skill is not dependent on a team you know and i think that lebron james How's that skill? So. so we're coming up on time here. Um, yeah, we got a sports argument in there, though. I think that's a win. That doesn't happen often. That is a win. I got I got one more. Uh, baseball is the best sport. To win. I'm just kidding. Oh god, I, no. I do feel that way, but I'm not uh, the prequel get trilogy is the best trilogy. Are you throwing that actually out there? I did have that down, but we're not going to talk about it. Best trilogy in Star Wars or best trilogy in general? Just like of let's, all movies. Let's just say Star Wars trilogy for now. I'm not doing that. I thought we were about to come up on time. Yeah, we can't we're get on that. time. You're going to start me yeah. with another Star that's Wars why, topic. That's why come I threw on. it out. Um, anyway, yeah. Let's. Uh, what's clever? Let's let's get to the what's clever segment. What have you guys been up to? Um, season three of Barry is out on HBO. Uh, not complete. Um, the first four episodes are out and then fifth episode should be coming out tonight. Uh, we're recording on Sunday, so excited to watch that. Um, if you guys haven't watched it, it is extremely good. Um, Bill Hader crushes it in this role that like 
perfectly dances between comedy and drama and he can be really dramatic in moments and then immediately say something absolutely ridiculous um i genuinely think it's one of the best shows on tv and i'm glad it's back after like a three-year hiatus due to covid um but yeah i that, that's my recommendation this week uh, uh oh you got it sorry go ahead, Brad. i was gonna say modern family all right we uh, just started watching that again. We we tried watching it and watched maybe a season or two and stopped for some reason. But it wasn't for lack of quality in the show. That that show is just scene after scene of just stuff that makes me either chuckle or laugh out loud. So um, shout out to uh, that show. Um, absolutely awesome. Um, and I'll stop Have there. Have you gotten to the episode where Ty Burrell is explaining what it's like to be an inventor and he's showing off his spring-loaded chair pack no oh okay that's, that's pretty late in the season <laughs> there's like a really good cold open that is is so funny they, they have a really funny uh <laughs> cold clothes I, I guess you'd call it no it's not cold clothes it, it can't be cold cold is really warm is like clothes. you're starting off of nothing. yeah well right? i mean it's like a standalone scene that's at the end of an episode that has nothing to do with that episode storyline it's just like what while, the, while just the credits the are rolling just a credit scene uh where julie bowen's like they're like on a plane heading back from Hawaii. And she's like, honey, I just want you to know that if uh, if I ever died, I'd want you to get remarried. And he's like, great. And she's like, well, that was a little fast. Uh, you have anyone in mind? And he just immediately goes, uh, Vicky from work. She's extremely organized. She gets on great with the kids. And yeah. And then like the daughter turns around. I was like, are you guys talking about Vicky? She's wonderful. And then he goes like, it gets kind of awkward. And then he goes, and I want you to know that if, something ever happened to me and she cuts him off and goes something's gonna happen to you all right <laughs> i was like i was dying because he just has an answer queued up just immediately like he very yeah. clearly put some thought into it ty burrell is very good in that hey sco ducks he went to my yeah. uh, alma mater mm-hmm. um yeah. for me i'm still watching golden girls honestly i didn't watch any tv or listen to any music or do anything last week my vrbo didn't have any wi-fi so what we did was lay around and play uh super smash and mario kart um, but, uh, quick, Wait, you went to San Diego and you just spent the whole week. No, I mean, like we went out and did stuff. We went out, got all drunk, right. went to the beach and went to the zoo, did all these things. But when we came back to the VRBO, there was no Wi-Fi, So we, I think it's just it. Verbo. I think it's Verbo. I don't think it's a series of letters. I think it's just like, uh, they being clever or whatever. Sure. Anyway. Um, the other thing, uh, Marvel or, or Disney announced that they're making a daredevil TV show. Yep. Um, the fans of the show, the fans of Moon Knight specifically are being critical, saying that they're going to highly tone down um, Daredevil for a younger audience. And people, are, it's pretty funny um, watching the fandom kind of implode about uh, what they suspect the show is going to become. The other thing that's I think is relevant for this audience, uh, Law Abiding Citizen 2 just got announced. It's in the works. How do you guys feel about that? Is Law Abiding Citizen? Is that what you yeah. Yep. Is it the Gerard Butler, Jamie yep. Foxx yep. movie? Is it going to be Gerard Butler? Yep. That's he, what I said died. too when I first saw I was like, <laughs> I don't oh, know. I thought you said yes that he's coming back. I was like, he fucking blows up at the end back, of the first one. I don't know if he's coming but the film is getting a sequel. I don't know what that means, but it's in the works. I really like the first one, but I, I felt like a standalone movie to me. I don't understand that. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was. I thought this, I wanted to get that reaction from you guys. Um, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like I can't even process like what a sequel to the original looks like. Yeah. Me either. Like what? The, there's no need, and there's no 
it's going to be like a straight to DVD movie. There's no, like they're, they're not expecting any level of success to come from this. There's no way they can, because there's not going to be any level of success associated with this. It's not like people are being like, you know what movie just didn't have a solid finish. You know what I was law abiding citizen. I always wanted to know what happened next. Yeah. What else is going on in that fully realized world of law abiding citizen? Well, I mean, I'm wondering if it's, if it's just all the, the political turmoil that's happening nowadays. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> not, not, that's something the I only... think of is if they wanted to cash in on the, the political unrest of the millennials right now. If, if, if the decided... only thing that would make sense is if it was a uh, racially swapped, yep. Yep. you know what I mean? Like Black Lives Matter style yep. thing. But then also I feel like if that were to be the case, it would be it would cheapen the black lives matter movement to associate it with right. violence it would, in that would, way. Well, it would also, it would just be a way of commercially cashing in on the concept, which is very upsetting. <laughs> yep. And I hope that that's not what they're doing. Honestly, this needs to get canceled as soon as possible. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the worst decisions Hollywood's ever made. If they're really doing this. Yep. Um, I don't even know where you heard this news, but that's ridiculous. That's it was not on- a mo- that movie on- didn't even do financially well, if I remember right. It was just like fine middling box office performance. I think it probably was like slightly profitable, but it's not like a movie that sets itself up for a sequel. So it doesn't. I, just, I hate this. I hate this news. <laughs> I wish you hadn't told me. <laughs> yeah, All it right. was on. It was on Google's like front page. You get a couple of different things, um, advertisements, and it was on the top of there. Um, yeah, great. Cool. <laughs> well, right, thanks Jeff, everybody. Wrap us. Wrap us out uh okay if you want to get in touch with us no you don't have to do that we have uh, the end kick tyler in the tell nuts. them what to reach out to us uh okay <laughs> kick tyler Instagram. in the nuts and i will call you personally to thank you <laughs> what 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 what's happening how what yeah okay okay all uh, right guys uh what do you think is a very unpopular pop culture opinion that you have uh that that you think is I don't, you know, that you have <laughs> just whatever. How do you feel about what Bye. we said? Do you agree with each of us? Which one of us is the most correct? Which one of us had the hottest takes? Not which one of us was the hottest. That's obviously me, but which one of us had the hottest takes? Okay. We've been on this recording for two Actually, long. which one of us is the hottest? I'd love to hear that. <laughs> no one knows what any of us, look, what the other two of us look like. And why Jeff is, is the only one that knows Best anybody friends. on this. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I don't have any friends and I appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll keep it that way. Yeah, that's it's by design. <laughs> All right, we've been on this for like an hour and a half. Let's go. All right, bye guys. Bye, bye. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever. 